Hello and welcome to the Gory Details Horror Show. I am Casey and I am here to discuss a movie that just came out, Avengers Endgame. Also, I wanted to discuss later on the Gotham finale. So, first of all, there are going to be spoilers. I wanted to warn you ahead of time so you're not like, oh my god, you ruined the whole fucking movie for me. So, what I'm going to do is... In the notes for the show, I am going to post when the Gotham finale review starts. That way, you can skip ahead to that if you haven't seen Avengers and if you're curious curious about the Gotham finale. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with the Avengers one. Also, make sure to check out our previous episodes. I know it's been a little bit since we released one. Make sure to check those out. And we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to us for our upcoming episodes. Also follow us on the social media, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Share everything. Tell your friends. Don't tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Your grandma doesn't care. So let's jump into Endgame. First of all, I wanted to say I did love the movie. It was absolutely fantastic. I think it was exactly what most fans were looking for. It was closure for the series. And when I say the series, I know Marvel is ongoing. I know that they have more movies coming up, although the schedule is pretty sparse. There's not a lot of release dates. There's not a lot of information coming out. And even with the release dates, there's certain conflicts. Having issues with directors, blah, blah, blah. So to me, this was the end of the Avengers as a series, starting with Iron Man 1, uh, which I think it came out, that came out in like 2008, and until now. So it's built up with all these different characters that we've come to know and love, and most of them get some form of closure. And of course, it sets up the next, I don't know what phase we're on, but the next group of Avengers. And so... First of all, the movie's opening was fantastic. I love the idea that they're setting up Ronan. And I think when they were showing the previews, and most people had already guessed that Hawkeye was going to lose his entire family. Uh, mainly because the from enough of what I know about the comics, I haven't read a lot of Hawkeye, but introducing Ronan for like... That's his darker side, so they needed to kind of... Something needed to unlock that, and the thing that was most obvious to unlock that anger was his family getting snapped away. They did a great job of opening up with that snap, and that had a lot of impact. Uh, The theater I went to see it in, I I went to see it in a private screening, which was awesome. Uh, That was really cool. Third Coast Comics in Chicago, shout out, put on... A private screening for us, so it was just a theater full of nerds, which is wonderful. Uh, but we were all excited. So when the movie started out, there's still a little chitter chatter, and like you know, there's this guy next to me who liked to talk. But so that took a little bit away from the impact. But in general, there was a lot of impact in seeing his family get snapped away, and setting up the movie that way was was a brilliant idea. Also, it did a good job of subverting expectations by jumping into that early kill of Thanos. That, I think, for just about everybody was unexpected. Out of all the 
movie theories and ideas and this and that. I don't think I saw anyone say, oh, man, you know what would be be interesting that they're probably going to do? They're probably going to chop Thanos' fucking head off in the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie. So that was a very interesting choice, because from there, you're wondering where it's going to go, especially since the Infinity Stones are destroyed. So either they have to go on a journey to to somehow rebuild, but obviously the most... The, the easiest would be to go back in time somehow and do some kind of time travel. So it sets up a, a stage of the movie where everybody is kind of feeling the effects of this gap of five years after the snap. Now, to me, it was good to have those emotions and to have all of that play out. It was a little bit... I don't know, for a big action movie that you're expecting a lot of craziness, which you get at the end. There is a payoff. It is. It does feel a little bit slow for a little while, and that's okay. They're trying to create this pathos with the characters and how they're interacting, and it, it it's interesting. My favorite part of that was Tony Stark's family and his conflict, which by the end of the movie has that... Uh, the payoff of you know he made the sacrifice he knew going in that he might have to sacrifice so he decides as the ultimate hero that he is to put away his selfishness and sacrifice his family which you know for everybody else you know their their lives got snapped away except him his life basically got better so he has his wife, he has this awesome kid, he has all of these great things in his life. And he knows that there is a possibility that he can lose the life the way it is. And his whole stick throughout the movie is that he wants everything to be the same except to unsnap and bring everybody back. So when we finally lose Tony Stark, it has that much more power. And I'm... I was kind of back and forth. I thought they should have killed him or Captain America during the Civil War, just to kind of echo the comics. And then they had a good opportunity in Infinity Wars to kill Tony Stark, which is great, but they didn't. So it was good to actually see them give him a proper send-off in Endgame. Also, just because you didn't know who was going to actually die in this movie, having him record... Uh, on the spaceship and having him slowly wasting away the possibility of him dying sure like you knew that they might save him and that there was a good chance that they were going to save him but there was still that nagging idea in the back of your head or at least for me that this might be it they might start the movie by killing tony stark and that would be a bold move so they didn't But they did kill Thanos, which was also a pretty bold move. So moving on, since we've discussed Tony Stark, his arc, the fact that... Oh, and by the way, his his death was wonderful. Um, Peter Parker being there. And then uh, Pepper basically just pushing Peter out of the way to uh, say her goodbyes. Which was an interesting way of looking... At the grieving process, because Peter was, you know, we won, and, you know, I'm sorry, and, you know, saying his goodbyes, and 
a way that fit him, but then Pepper stepping in and saying her goodbyes in the way that was his his wife saying goodbye. And not only that, but his life that he wanted saying goodbye. So he was surrounded by people that he loved the most, and that was a good send-off. Now, speaking of good send-offs, I wanted to go ahead and transition this into Black Widow. First off, there were a lot of even very nerdy people that were shocked that they killed off Black Widow. Because she's got the movie coming up. She's finally starting to come into her own as a character. She was still a little bit sidelined in this movie. That's been the story of Black Widow, is her kind of being sidelined throughout the series. We get a little bit of character development as as things go along, but not a lot. And that's kind of... That's why I want to see her standalone movie. That's why I want to see them take it up a notch. Obviously, she had more responsibility, and that's great, after the snap. But as far as like a comic book character, I've read the the last two runs before the current run, I read completely. And then this current run, I'm like one issue behind. I don't usually buy issue to issue, but that's how much... I love Black Widow. Black Widow is one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. And seeing her get killed off was not just a bummer, but a complete shock. And the way it happened, yeah, of course I liked the idea of her and Ronan fighting it out to see who can commit suicide faster. That's kind of interesting. But first of all, I don't know if the Avengers had an idea of where... Soul Stone kind of what you need to get the Soul Stone. I don't really remember if they knew because if they did, then they should have known that they were basically sending them one of them to their desk. But I don't remember. But they set it up so one of them has to die, and obviously Hawkeye slash Ronan has the most to lose. So it's fair of the two. For Black Widow to die. With that being said, her send-off was just crap. So she dies. He comes back. There's a little bit of mourning. Hulk chucks a bench and across the lake. I was waiting for the plop, which would be a funny moment, but it would also break the tension and that would be that would ruin it. But she gets basically this this is unceremoni- unceremonious crap send-off. And at the end, during the funeral, that bothered me even more. That I get that Tony Stark and Iron Man started the series. Uh, the Iron Man movie was like the first, and he's been the, the big guy throughout the, sh- the series, and I get that. And that's fine. But she got... Black Widow basically got no eulogy. She got... No funeral. She got nothing, you know? And what we got was a little bit of Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch just talking about if she would be happy about the way things went down and blah, blah, blah. Which, at least they acknowledged her, but, man, it it was just kind of like they were thumbing their nose. It just completely wrote her off, and it was kind of upsetting to watch this character that everyone wanted to see built up you know Scarlett Johansson was doing an amazing job with her 
there's this they were finally getting that movie that we were all asking for the black widow movie you know that's what we wanted and before we get that movie they fucking kill her which means either a the movie's going to be a prequel or b they're going to have to find a way to bring her back before her movie which means maybe during the spider-man movie i don't know so or that movie might be about them getting her back i have no idea but most likely a prequel which is great you know i do want to see her in her spy action and see her origin and that's all wonderful but saying goodbye to her in the universe was a shock across the board because she really could have had her chance to shine so i found that to be a poor decision i think the way they handled it was in poor taste they just could have done a better job with the character and giving the character the respect that she deserved and earned so, with all of that being said, that was one of the parts of the movie that I probably took the most umbrage with. Also, when so when Captain America jumps back in time to return the stones, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but when he jumps back in time to return the stones, I thought that maybe, first of all, to return the soul stone, I don't really know what the process is. But I figured maybe if they had to sacrifice something, maybe to get the Soul Stone, maybe they could get something back if they returned it, which would be, you know, Natasha, which would be wonderful. Or I thought maybe he would sacrifice himself to get her back. So, and honestly, out of all the characters, bringing back Gamora, I think, took away the impact of her death. Bringing back Black Widow would have made sense because her death didn't have that much impact. And also, just the fact that they can bring back Gamora, who was sacrificed for the Soul Stone, but they can't bring back Black Widow, who was sacrificed for the Soul Stone, because of some bullshit rules that are not defined. That's crap. So, Umbridge. I take Umbridge. Now, moving on, let's go to Captain Marvel. I did not see that movie. That is one of the only... I think I didn't see Iron Man 2. So, out of all the movies, I think Captain Marvel and maybe Iron Man 2 or 3, I don't know which, are the only ones that I have not seen. Uh, I just had no interest in seeing Captain Marvel. Apparently, there wasn't really a need because I knew who the character was going into the movie. So, her showing up wasn't that big of a deal. The way that they brought her in was a little annoying. I really don't like the way Brie Larson communicates the character. I don't know if I just don't like the character or if I don't like Brie Larson as the character. She comes off as smug. She comes off as slate. She just comes off like she's above being there, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, I thought that they were going to give her a big role in this movie. I think that was a big concern for most fans because... They didn't want to see an outsider come in and have the spotlight after 11 years of building up this series. And it was nice to see that they used her sparsely. So she came in, she helped fight Thanos, she fucked off, she came back at the end. Great! That was a good use. And that brings me on to the next thing, which is bringing... So they have this fight, there's been this fight about whether Thor 
or whether Captain Marvel are the strongest people in the MCU. And I've been on in the corner going, it's Scarlet Witch. Now, we haven't seen her full power in the MCU. Obviously, with things like House of M in the comics, where literally in a sentence fragment, she wipes out mutant kind and rewrites the universe. No more mutants. Done. That's her snap. Just literally. I mean, she fights the Phoenix Force. Sure, it's split into five uh, during Avengers vs. X-Men, but she fights the Phoenix Force. She's that powerful at Omega level. And seeing her throughout the movies, I've just been wanting to see that power. Now, they did kind of tease it in Infinity War, and I didn't really pay attention the first time watching through. The second time watching Infinity War, which I did right before Endgame, because, duh, you notice that there's the scene where she's going to destroy the stone, and she destroys the stone, and she's fighting Thanos at the same time. And first of all, just the ability to fight Thanos made her one of the most powerful characters. But she's doubling up, fighting him with one hand, destroying a stone with the other. And these stones are not easy to destroy. So just the, the power that it takes to destroy an Infinity Stone and fight Thanos. So she's got all of this power. And I was like, ooh, that, that might be it. That might be it. She might be getting this power. And then finally at the end she has an anger and her eyes turn red. Now meanwhile, Thor's getting fucked up. Captain Marvel's getting fucked up. Captain America's getting fucked up. And Scarlet Witch lifts him off the ground and is tearing his armor off. And he's just about to tear him to pieces. And he has to unleash fire and he has to start killing his own people and he has to start destroying his own army just to stop Scarlet Witch and that to me shows that her true power is there that they're acknowledging that she's more powerful than Thor she's more powerful than Captain Marvel and all these fights about which one's going to be stronger Thor, Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch and that's how it should be and I'm glad that that's kind of how they went with it. Now, I don't read enough of the comics to see what power level uh, Captain Marvel ends up getting to. And maybe it's greater than Scarlet, which I don't think it ever is. But maybe it is. You know, maybe my, my knowledge of the Marvel Universe isn't as great of my knowledge of, of other comic book stuff. But just seeing that level and giving Scarlet, which a little bit of the spotlight... Even though she doesn't get as much of the storytelling aspect, just seeing her power level is great. And then, of course, there's the rah-rah womanhood thing where all the women were fighting and blah, 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 which is whatever. I get it. But so she got into the fray there. But at the end of the day, Scarlet Witch, it shows off her power, and I love that. So let's move to the end. So... Captain America, of course, instead of finding a way to bring Black Widow. And that's who I was hoping they would look at on the bench at the end. And it's old man Captain America. And, of course, they had to set up if he was going to give Falcon or if he was going to give Bucky the Captain America shield. Because both of them in the comics have been Captain America at some point. So somebody was going to get it. 
And it was nice to see it given to Falcon. That's great. Good fan service. We got a good payoff, and they found a way to send off Captain America because obviously Christopher Evans wanted out of his contract. So, boom, they killed Robert Downey Jr. He's out of his contract. They made Chris Evans old. He's out of his contract. Even Hulk is debilitated, possibly to the point where he can't be Hulk anymore. He might not be able to fight anymore. Maybe they'll have to bring in Red Hulk. Who knows? Maybe they'll have to bring in another Hulk. Who knows? But you got old man Captain America, and we it, it finishes with more fan service of seeing him go back in time and get married. Now, the whole movie was talking about not fucking up the timeline and the space-time continuum, whatever. And so he goes back, and that fucks it up, because she got married, she had kids. That means her marriage disappeared, her kids disappeared. He snapped out her entire family, or he created a divergent timeline in which... There's probably chaos. The whole point of returning the stones was to keep the timeline steady. Like, they, they're trying to keep the timeline consistent so it would get to the point where they would fight Thanos, they would lose, everything would go back to where it was, if I understand correctly. By him going back in time and living a different life, he ruined the entire... He ruined all this shit. Plus, that means... He had to turn a blind eye to what was happening to Bucky, to the rise of Hydra, to all this other shit. So, it was a cute moment. If you think too much about it, it kind of ruins everything. Other thing about fan service, I was in a theater full of nerds. So, when Captain America said, Hail Hydra, there was an explosion of clapping and laughter. And that that's why I was happy I got to go to a private screening because I was surrounded by people who got the reference. That was cool. Also, just seeing Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel, Captain America with Mjolnir, and he's got Thor's hammer in one hand, and he's got his shield in the other, and just that moment where you see that Captain America is worthy to hold that hammer we all knew it deep down that he was worthy to hold it. And he got to hold, wield. And he got to fight alongside Thor, who's chubby as fuck, and turns into the Big Lebowski. And it's fucking hilarious. So, Avengers Endgame. Wonderful. Great way to close. Loved it. There was obviously, as I spoke about throughout this, things I didn't like. Whatever. Great movie. So, let's move on. To Gotham. Now, so this is the end part of Avengers. If you're just tuning in now, now we are talking about Gotham. Spoilers, of course. There's going to be spoilers, spoilers, spoilers from end, Avengers Endgame. This, obviously. <sighs> the finale. The beginning. Which, I was... Yeah, I get it. It's basically an epilogue. It was a paint-by-numbers, like procedural type thing they not only avoided batman by putting him in the shadows there was no bruce wayne which is interesting because they recast selena kyle 
They did a good job of finding an actress with her weird eyes, because that original actress has those weird eyes. So they did a good job of recasting her as an older one. So I thought maybe they're going to recast Bruce. They didn't. Whatever. Missed an opportunity to show him older. Maybe they just didn't. No, because they did it with Selena. I don't know. So that was kind of annoying. The fact that they didn't bring Batman in until the end in his, what I've heard described as the bargain basement Batman suit, which is kind of what I was thinking when I saw it. I'm like, that's not a great Batman suit. But they kind of wanted to have their cake and eat it too. So they wanted to have Batman in the last episode, but they didn't want to have Batman in the last episode. So they have the shadow of Batman in the last episode, and he's doing stuff here and there, but he's influencing the plot. So in that way, he is in the episode. But they don't show him until the end, where there's supposed to be this big payoff after the entire series of building up to Batman. But he was already there, and he was already Batmaning. So the payoff wasn't fully there. The... The fight with the Joker, I took so much umbrage with. First of all, the actor playing Jeremiah, great job. I liked him. It fit the series. It was campy. It was silly. He did a good job of playing the Joker, even though he was never the Joker. First of all, the hair thing was a weird decision. Um, I, I don't, I don't get it. The scars, I get it, but I don't know. That's one of those examples of Gotham doing their own thing. Where sometimes when they did their own thing, it worked very, very, very rarely. Most of the time when they did their own thing, it just came off as silly. So good doing their own thing. Maybe Poison Ivy. Maybe Selena Kyle. Bad doing their own thing. Bane. Joker. In that last iteration. Or mostly in any of the iterations. The actor did great. But they tried to do so many different types of Jokers without ever really giving us the Joker. And they couldn't say, Joker, call me Jet, call me Jay, call me Baby, I don't know, call me Maybe. But they never get around to calling him the Joker, I get that. They never get around to using the word Batman, I get that. We do get that cool moment of him getting the, the battering in the hand... And laughing, and that's that's great. He he gets they set up the dynamic of the Joker needs Batman, blah blah blah. Um, and his dropping the kid into the vat, while well, that's kind of paint by numbers. It was it was cool to see his aggression and to see him come out as like actually psychotic, like he could kill. Like he was probably going to kill the kid and commissioner. So. That was cool to see, but then the the fight between Batman and the Joker was just him throwing three batarangs, and it was over. So, no payoff there. So you set up the entire last episode of a fight between the Joker and Batman, uh, which turns into a very short fight between Joker and Commissioner Gordon that has no payoff. Also, some randomness about Harley Quinn getting stabbed... And then he shoots her, and you're just... What? Why? Like, why even bring her in, or why kill her that quickly? Or what the fuck was that about? That was just weird. And then Barbara, 
she's this big tycoon and she's my dick is bigger than yours my building is gonna be taller than yours it's kind of been her complex throughout the show i it always it's annoyed me since early on because she killed her parents in cold blood and she's a murderer and they keep letting building her up and they keep letting her get you know her she didn't repay her debt to society and they just keep letting her get away with shit so Penguin goes to prison. Why? Doesn't make sense. He helped in the last battle. Riddler ends up in the mentalist institution. And of course there was the Riddler and Penguin in the second to last episode doing this like we're going to rule Gotham thing. And then it skips to the next episode where it's five years later and they're both arrested. Ten years later. I apologize. So uh, there was no... Basically they should have ended the series somehow in the episode before this this whole epilogue thing was bullshit it would make a good if there was going to be another season it might be a good way to end this season but a way of ending the series there was no impact there was a bunch of just bullshit detective work and people are getting mic'd so they have to lie so he doesn't go after commissioner gordon's family i guess i don't know the whole thing was stupid so, and then, of course, cutting the wire with one second to spare. And it was basically they took everything bad about the show and they threw it into 40 minutes or whatever. It seemed short. There were so many fucking commercials. I thought they would at least give it like a, a two hour, so like an hour and a half of the commercials. Finale, they didn't. So they just crammed all this bullshit into 40 or 45 minutes. And it just, there was no payoff. So after watching the show for so many years, I've had a love-hate relationship with the show. I think it's fucking terrible, but it's really fun to watch. So it's kind of like Venom, where Venom, I thought, was a better movie than Gotham was a show. But Venom had a lot of problems, but it was fun to watch. And Gotham had a slew of problems that I, I all my eyes almost rolled out of my skull because of how much I was rolling my eyes watching that show. There was so much stupid crap like oh uh, penguin becomes mayor and decides that you can get a coupon or whatever you can get a card to commit crime and you're just like okay even for comic books this is fucking campy so it was never a great show i think a lot of the fans like the big fans of the show it, it's they're weird when you go on their message boards they're just a weird group of people that actually like defend it and enjoy it for what it is as opposed to enjoying it for really what it actually is and just kind of laughing at it and just enjoying the camp. So out of a show that I've had a love-hate relationship with, I was at least hoping for a good payoff and emotional catharsis, one storyline to close the show to bring in Batman, or to not bring in Batman, and to make that decision of whether the show is about Batman or whether the show's not about Batman. At the end of the day, it was never supposed to be about Batman, which I thought was annoying. Now we're getting Penny's Worth, a show that nobody asked for. So we're getting all these shows. We have Batwoman. We have all these shows in the universe, Teen Titans, that are revolving around Batman, but we get no Batman show because that's supposed to be on the big screen but they keep 
fucking it up on the big screen. And now we're not going to have a Batman until maybe 2021. Ben Affleck, as what I understand, is gone. We don't know what's going to happen in the universe. There's two Jokers. One of them's fucking awful. I thought Jared Leto would kill it. He didn't. So, but Shazam was great. Oh, no. Because Shazam was great. Wonder Woman was great. Aquaman was okay. So we have a good run of movies, but the two big ones, Batman and Superman, shit the bed and are dropping out of the series. So God knows what's going to happen there. My point being, it's about time to just let Batman have a show, since we're just going to be sitting around on our hands waiting for Batman to really make it back to the big screen, which who knows if that'll happen. It'll, I mean, one day they might get it right again, like the Nolan run. Who knows? I am looking forward to Scarlet Witch's show because, once again, I want to see her power grow. I want to see her come into her own. Now that they're bringing in the mutants because Disney owns the rights again to X-Men, which is cool! I can't wait to see how they're going to treat Scarlet Witch in relation to the X-Men. Is she still a miracle or whatever the fuck they were calling them that they weren't mutants? Is she actually a mutant now? Or is she still her miracle self or whatever? Maybe ten years down the line, we might get like a House of M or an Avengers versus X-Men where they have to fight the Phoenix Force. That would be super cool. Who knows? It's going to open up the gates. We have Dark Phoenix coming out which is probably going to be the end of that run. You know, the the New Mutants might be the end of that run, which would be stupid. And they, and they were doing reshoots, so this would be a good time for them to have New Mutants introduce the new run of the X-Men. It'd be a weird movie to do that, but who fucking knows? Because that would be also be a weird movie to end the X-Men series with. So it's going to be one way or the other. But... I want to see Dark Phoenix come in. I just want to see her wipe out all the fucking X-Men. Because it's the last one anyway. Let her kill Scott Summers. Let her kill Mystique. I'm so fucking sick of Mystique. She's not supposed to be the main character in the storyline. It's silly. But Jennifer Lawrence was the it girl. So give her the movie. Nice softball. I want to see the Dark Phoenix come in. I want to see Jean Grey come in and just whack that fucking softball out of the park. So, thank you for listening to this episode. I know I kind of went off of the tangent there at the end, but I hope you enjoyed it. Alex will be back. If you are a fan of the show and you've heard us, this could be, the goal is to have more episodes. So she will be in some of the episodes I will be doing some of the episodes by myself just to give you guys a little bit more content. Thank you for giving us a listen. Again, follow us on the iTunes. Follow us on the Facebook or Stitcher or Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. The Glory.